0: It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. As a health psychologist, Dr. Kelly McGonigal's job is to help people manage stress and make positive changes in their lives. After years of watching people try to control their bodies, emotions, and choices, she realized that much of what they believed about willpower was sabotaging their success and creating unnecessary stress. She writes a hugely successful Psychology Today blog called The Willpower Instinct, and she's joining me today on Amy's Table to discuss her latest book with the same name, The Willpower Instinct. Welcome, Dr. McGonigal. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. So it's it's what we think about willpower that's causing us willpower problems and not our lack of willpower? Yes, especially believing
1: that willpower is something that other people have. So many people believe that that they completely lack willpower, and that's one of the ways that we can think about willpower that really gets us into trouble.
0: So, okay, I have it, but you mention in your surprising facts about willpower that it's not an unlimited resource. So we can't forever hold on to I will not eat chips in the evening or whatever.
1: No, willpower seems to be a kind of a, a limited strength, and strength is a good way to think about it. I mean, just like you couldn't run around the block forever, um, you can't completely control everything that you do and think and feel or eat, um, but uh, it can be really helpful to think about it as a strength that you prioritize and also that you start to pay attention and, and know what the signs are of willpower fatigue so that you can protect yourself from temptation when you're most likely to really see a lot of your willpower already.
0: Well, I want to come back to willpower fatigue because that's a very interesting concept. But when you talk about willpower being strength, we could increase our arm strength, obviously not unlimited, but we could by, you know, lifting weights or doing push-ups. Is there a way to increase the willpower strength?
1: Yes, willpower turns out to be a lot like a muscle that you can train by challenging it. And there are really two different ways to do a kind of a willpower workout. One is is just to do things that you aren't used to really having to pay attention to and control. And studies show that doing things like just tracking uh, how you spend your money or um, trying to pay more attention to what you say and and to not use swear words, for example, that that can actually start to prime the brain to pay attention and make choices in a way that would make it easier to say than resist the temptation of food and lose weight. Um, But another way that you can build your willpower muscle is to do things that just directly train the brain for self-control. And it turns out that things like meditation, uh, as well as getting more sleep, actually train the brain to make things like saying no to temptation easier.
0: It's so funny because almost any... Form of of healthcare professional would say meditate for mindfulness for lack of stress for you know all kinds of reasons they all say to sleep and now even willpower it's like if we don't all get this message that we should sleep well and have some downtime to still the mind (laughs) I don't know what else they're going to tell us that you know is good for that's amazing to me so it it makes sense mindfulness will bring you more willpower but you talked about willpower fatigue and so. How do we see that coming? What are the symptoms?
1: You know, one of the symptoms of willpower fatigue is actually noticing that you're starting to be not quite like yourself. And actually, when I think about willpower, I think of it as this conflict between two versions of ourselves. And we we all have this one version of ourselves that's easily distracted, uh, a little bit more easily overwhelmed, a a little bit easier to push our buttons and, and get us triggered emotionally. And when we start to find ourselves being in that version of ourselves, that's when we know That's when we really need something like a break, something that restores us, uh, and we might be making a decision that we're going to regret.
0: So is that when the chips come out? Is that when the, you know, extra glass of wine comes out, the things that people, the the not exercising but instead going and vegging? I mean, are those... Exactly. uh, Yeah. Uh. Yeah,
1: And, you know, most often we're using them to try to deal with some sort of feeling that we don't want to have to fully feel or experience. I mean, so much of what we end up feeling uh, guilty about later on I think that we're actually just an attempt to try to make us feel better when we're in that state of being a little bit exhausted and stressed out.
0: So what a good thing to do at this willpower fatigue moment is to actually meditate because then yeah. you are going to surface some of those emotions and thoughts. And
1: Yes, and in fact, one of the most surprising strategies that comes from the science of willpower is the idea of paying attention to the things that you wish you could get rid of, including cravings and urges. There's something about the quality where you just accept you know what, I am angry right now or I am just completely obsessed with donuts right now or I need (laughs) that cigarette, Um, there's something about paying attention to that urge that actually starts to transform it in the brain and body. And again, mindfulness is, is like one of the only crutches we have in those moments when we're really starting to lose it.
0: If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly McGonigal. She is the author of The Willpower Instinct, How Self-Control Works, Why It Matters, and What You Can Do to Get More of It. So, okay, being mindful and being rested and paying attention, tracking our spending or or other things that we have to be aware of, that all makes sense to me. And then you say, but giving up control is sometimes the only way to get self-control. So how does that factor in?
1: Exactly, and it really is about giving up control of the things that you can't control. Uh, So, you know, I mentioned the surprising strategy of trying to accept something like a craving, and it turns out that the more we think we need to control what's going on inside of us before we can change our choices, the, the harder it is for us to actually make a change. So if I think that I need to get rid of anxiety before I stop procrastinating, I could spend my whole life trying to force myself not to be afraid and never end up getting anything done. And the same thing seems to be true for things like cravings for food or, or for alcohol or anything that we feel like is keeping us from making a good choice. And so, you know, if you just, if you give up control and recognize sometimes you are going to want to spend money on something you should not be spending money on, uh, and start to focus on, on making choices based on your values and your goals. Um, that ends up actually changing what's going on inside of us. But we often have to choose the action first, even when it's difficult.
0: So so let's say, I mean, smoking, that's hard for people to give up. That takes willpower. So let's say you're focused on it. You manage for, you know, the day not to smoke, and then out comes a cigarette. Do you forgive yourself that slip and keep going, or am I on the wrong track? Okay. You
1: know, you forgive yourself, and whether or not you keep going immediately, you keep on forgiving yourself, because um, the science is crystal clear on this, that shame, self-criticism and guilt sabotage self-control. And it's, it's actually quite sad, because so many of us, when we have a setback, we immediately experience self-doubt. We say things to ourselves like, I'm so weak, I'm so stupid, what's the point? And a lot of people give up when they experience that first setback or the 10th setback. And um, surprisingly, when you forgive yourself and you say something like, you know what, everyone makes mistakes, and this is just part of the process of change, when you can cut yourself some slack in that way, it actually almost always pushes us back toward our goals. And most of us try to do that with guilt, and guilt usually pulls us further away from our goals.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting as a parent, you know, we'll say to our kids, "So, oh, who are you hanging out with? You know, you want to hang out with the people that are going to make you better. And it sounds like that's almost true with willpower. You're saying that willpower failures are contagious. They
1: are willpower failures, but also willpower successes. Mm-hmm. If you look at social network research, you can actually watch things like drinking or quitting smoking and losing weight. You can watch them spread through social networks particularly when you like or admire someone. And, you know, so one implication of this is it is really important to think about who you or your kids are spending time with. But uh, often when I talk with women particularly, they're interested in being the kind of the positive agent for change, that they're going to they're spread change or be a vector of change. And that can be extra motivation for doing things that are quite difficult when you recognize that, that every step you take, even when it's hard, uh, is actually going to give other people you care about the strength to do the same thing.
0: That makes so much sense. You know, it seems like everybody's got something that they wish they had a little more willpower around, a little more resolve. And the book, The Willpower Instinct, How Self-Control Works, Why It Matters, and What You Can Do to Get More of It by Dr. Kelly McGonigal is a great place to start. So could you send us off today with maybe one concrete exercise for any of us wishing to strengthen our willpower muscle? One idea. Send us off with that.
1: Sure. One of my favorite willpower experiments is the five-minute rule, and this works for whatever your willpower challenge is, that when you find yourself about to do something that is inconsistent with your goals, to delay it for five minutes if it's something you're trying to resist, like food, or to do it for five minutes and then give yourself permission to stop if it's something like exercise or a project that you've been putting off. And when you can, when you can limit yourself to that five minute delay or that five minutes of getting started, it almost always tricks the mind into being able to go a little bit longer if you have that opportunity to remember what your goal is.
0: That is a really, really good one. I like that a lot. I'm going to put all of Dr. McGonigal's information on Amy's Table.com, and you can also find more information about her at her website, which is KellyMcGonagle.com. This was great information. Thank you so much. I'm going to go strengthen that willpower muscle with a five-minute delay. I love it. Thanks, Dr. McGonigal. Okay, take care. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Q102. you want one of two.